we'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for January 18th, 2009. And today we're going to be talking about this inauguration that's, I believe, starting today, going into uh, Tuesday for Barack Obama. I'm going to entitle this uh, teaching, The Inauguration Abomination. Like abomination? Anyway, a little pun, play on words there. A verse that would, would kind of preface today's teaching would be Jeremiah 7.28. Jeremiah 7.28, which says, But thou shalt say unto them, This is a nation that obeyeth not the voice of the Lord their God, nor receiveth correction. Truth is perished and is cut off from their mouth. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. The, the um, fact how truth has perished in the streets, and how people will not receive correction, and how they glory in their shame. This is, this is the essence of this, of Barack Obama, and this is the essence of this inauguration, glorying in their shame. HBO had an ad that came out, I just got an email to me last night, and I'm looking at it right now. And it shows a picture of the Lincoln Memorial. And it says, HBO proudly presents the Obama inauguration celebration at the Lincoln Memorial. And then the, the title is that we are one. Kind of like New World Order, you know, the coming one world government, political system, religious system, global currency, mark of the beast. We are one. They have to get everybody on the same page. You know, first we're going to have the North American Union here. And that's coming under Obama's watch, I'm sure, unless the Lord uh, intervenes. But it's we are one with President-elect Barack Obama, and then they get they give all of their ungodly guests: uh, Jamie Foxx, the foul-mouthed comedian; Tom Hanks; Martin Luther King III. I I wasn't aware of that, so he's he's going to be there. Queen Latifah, uh, Denzel Washington. Then they've got their cavalcade of uh, rock bands and country western bands Beyonce uh, Bon Jovi, Garth Brooks Sheryl Crow Herbie Hancock U2 I, I don't even know so many of these Bruce Springsteen, Stevie Wonder, John Mellencamp so they've got all the rock groups there and uh, this is going to be one of the biggest TV events of all time I mean, doubt it not. It's definitely going to be. I mean, they're hyping this thing. Like, and, and people are, there's such a buzz. I mean, I just, I was in the grocery store the other day and, you know, the, the checkout clerk was talking to the lady and how they were, they were so um, excited about the inauguration and, and the, the one lady, he said, well, you need to, you need to tape it on, on your, on your DVD or whatever or you know, talking about that and things of this nature. And I just thought to myself, man, we are so clueless. This country is so unbelievably clueless and ripe for judgment. And, and God is totally justified. And in the in how this man has been elevated already before he's even in, in, in the office, before he's ever proved one thing, we can, we can look at his voting record. Most rabid pro-abortion senator, most rabid pro-homosexual senator on record ever, voting record. And yet everybody looks at this man like he's almost a god. Well, 
the Lord Jesus Christ is on the throne. He is the King of kings and Lord of lords. And they're all going to bow their knee to him. Every single one of them. May not be tomorrow, but it will be. It's coming. Guaranteed. It is coming. The Bible says in Luke 16, 15, he says, and he said unto them, this is Jesus talking, ye are they which justify yourselves before men. Do you see a lot of that today, the people justifying themselves before men? Instead of owning up to something, or admitting their sin, or, or, or admitting, you know, they deserve death and hell. No, they justify themselves. Then it goes on to say, but God knoweth your hearts. See, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? He who trusteth in his own heart is a fool. There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. See, God knows our hearts. The Bible says, all the ways of a man are clean in his own eyes, but the Lord weigheth the spirits. See, all for, for the most part, people, their ways are clean in their own eyes. Well, I'm basically a good person. I'm clean in my own eyes. We don't, we don't determine who goes to heaven and hell. I mean, if that were the case, everybody would pick heaven. If they knew what hell was. You have to qualify in the Lord Jesus Christ. You have to be cleansed with the blood of the Lamb. You have to be born again. For you are saved by grace through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. But see, these are people that seek to justify themselves before men. They're clean in their own eyes. But in God's eyes, they're filthy, wretched, naked, weak. For we are all together as an unclean thing, and all of our righteousness are as filthy rags. Our best day, done under ourselves, under our own power, apart from the Lord Jesus Christ, is a filthy rag in the sight of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's bottom line. I know what I'm talking about today isn't politically... I, I, you know, I should be more politically correct, seeing that we're going to be talking about, you know, the inauguration and things of this nature. But I'm going to be as far from politically correct today as I possibly can be. Because you know what? If if what I think is going to happen is going to happens if the Lord permits it, I'm not going to have any, many more weeks to do this. Now, I may be wrong. Maybe I'll have another two years. I don't know. But I'm thinking, looking at what I'm seeing coming, I'm thinking... It could be weeks. If Barack Obama enacts what he says he's going to enact with the hate crimes legislation, with the protecting of the homosexuals, with the um, protection and advancing of abortion rights, you know, something's got to give. Now, the Lord Jesus Christ is perfectly capable of protecting anyone. I don't care what the situation is. I don't care if there's nukes going on. He could still protect you. You realize that? He can. He can protect you. Ending this verse, it says, For that which is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. Is there any person right now on the planet that is more highly esteemed among men than Barack Obama worldwide? Maybe the Pope. Okay, but for, for some very warped Catholic followers. But I don't really know if there's anybody on the planet right now that is more highly esteemed among men. How blind this world truly is. How sickening. And we're going to be talking about that today. I got so mad just reading this information. 
I, I got so righteously indignant. The Bible says, be angry and sin not. It's hard sometimes. Isn't it really hard sometimes with as wicked as it is not to sin because you're so angry over, over the sin issues that you're seeing? I know it makes God angry. We can, we can look at the Bible and see that it makes him angry. This should grieve you. Evil men and seducers are waxing worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. 2 Timothy 3.13. That's what they're doing. They're waxing. That word means to grow. They're growing worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Psalm 12, verse 8. The wicked walk on every side when the vilest men are exalted. Ever think about that verse? The wicked walk on every side when the vilest men are exalted. This Barack Obama is one of the vilest men that, that the planet's ever known. Ever known. I'm going to tell you that right out. So what is the byproduct of that? The wicked are going to walk on every side. Does that, well, does that mean we quake in our boots and, and we, no. Think of Psalm 91. A thousand shall fall at thy side and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. He shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall dash thee up. They shall bear thee up in thy hands, lest thy dash thy foot against a stone. Those are the verses you need to contemplate and think about. Psalm 64, these types of things. The precatory prayers, I'm telling you. I've done a whole teaching on that. Precatory prayers. You can keyword search it on my homepage. This is the darkest, this is, this is the darkest time um, and there's no going back. I'm, I'm telling you right now, there is no going back from what we're going to be going into right now. There is none. This is the darkest time that this nation is ever going to know, and it's only going to get worse. And the Bible predicted it was going to be this way. All you dominionists out there that think that things are going to get better and better and better, so much so because you're so holy that through your righteousness, Jesus Christ is going to come back and set up his throne on this earth because of something you did, you are delusional. You need to read your Bible. This is exactly as the Bible has predicted. And this is absolute confirmation of probably every other study that I've ever done. This starts out, uh, this is a compilation of different material I, I pieced together regarding reports I've got on this inauguration. This starts out by saying, <clears throat> uh, this is from uh, the Washington Post, January 13th, 2009. It's entitled, Inauguration Festivities to Include Gay Bishop. Episcopal Bishop, uh, his name Vicky, Vicky Jean Robinson. I don't know a no guy named Vicky. This guy really is confused. Vicky Jean Robinson, an openly gay man whose ordination helped touch off a worldwide struggle within his denomination over homosexuality in scripture, will deliver the invocation Sunday at a concert to kick off the inaugural celebrations. That's today. That's what, that's the ad that I just read to you on HBO. Now, I'll probably have this up tonight and it'll already be history. If we, if this isn't Sodom and Gomorrah, I don't know what, 
If he doesn't judge him, you've heard that, I don't know if you've heard that expression. If God doesn't judge America, then he's going to have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. Because we, probably in some ways we're worse. We're more, I think we're more hypocritical in America than, than, I mean, Sodom and Gomorrah was right out in the open. At least, at least you knew where they were coming from. Here, they call, it's so much calling evil good and good evil. It's so sick and twisted and warped. And, it, and, and it's getting worse every day. So this openly gay man is, uh, he touched off a worldwide struggle with his, within his denomination, the Episcopals, over homosexuality in scripture. He will deliver the invocation today at a concert to kick off these uh, inaugural celebrations. And it's funny, you know, he'll deliver the invocation. Yeah, he'll deliver the invocation. What possibly could a sodomite homosexual bishop invoke but demons and devils? That's my question for, for Vicky. What, what could you possibly invoke, sir, but demons and devils? Because you are of your father, the devil, and of his works you will do. You are pure darkness. Calling evil good and good evil. A homosexual, openly gay male bishop who refuses to step down. How sickening. And that's how we're going to just kick things off. That's how, think about this. The Bible says if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? What a foundation for good old Barack to have on, on, on kicking off the inauguration. What a great foundation he's laying. He wants to lay as, as sick and corrupt and as a perverted of a foundation as he possibly can lay for his presidency. That's what he's saying. He's laughing at, at the Christians. And guess what? The 501c3 corporate church whore of America sits silent. For the most part, not saying every single person that's in one of those institutions, I'm not condemning, I'm, I'm saying in general, okay? There should be the most gigantic public outcry against these types of things and against what this man stands for. And yet we're going to look at later how there's many, many churches that if they're not standing silent, they're actually, they're actually in league with this man, with this, with this, uh, you know, his big thing is, is change. Oh, we're going to have change. We're going to have change. All right. Unfortunately, it's all going to be for the worse. Every bit of it, as far as I'm concerned, from what I can see. Let's go further. The Reverend, Reverend, it's kind of funny, the Bible, you know, I, I did a whole study on this, the title Reverend, just key in Reverend or part of the word in my search box on my homepage, and I did, it's only 20 minute teaches, the shortest teaching I've ever done. But, um, that title is only reserved for God. Holy and Reverend is God, is He, is what the Bible says. It's the only time it's used in Scripture. Man has no right to call himself reverend or to have reverence. I can see having respect for somebody, but reverence? Cursed be the man that trusteth in man and that maketh flesh his arm and whose heart departeth from the Lord. Jeremiah 17.5 We're not supposed to trust in man. We're supposed to trust in the word of God. 
And there's so many people right now coming out of the woodworks, even within Christianity. I was in a debate this week with somebody trying to degrade or denigrate or question the word of God. There's a big movement in a lot of different sects of pseudo-Christianity to say that Paul was just a devil. It's called Paul, the Paul the Usurper theology. And they basically, and hey, you start going down that road, then um, you might as well just throw out your Bible. Because you have nothing you can trust. How can you build your house on a rock, on the rock of Christ Jesus? And Jesus is the word. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same in the beginning was God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among men. John 1. People want to trust in everything but the Word of God. Because the Word of God, most of the time, chaps their hide. They don't like what they hear. I admit there's things in the Bible, chap, you know, disturbing. <laughs> I don't like, there, there's some things that don't sit right with me either. Why? Because we battle the flesh. Paul said, Oh, what a wretch of a man that I am. Who should deliver me from the body of this death? The things that I should do, that I don't do. And the things that I shouldn't do, that I do. That's what Paul said. We're going to battle the flesh to the day we die. It doesn't mean that we sin that grace may abound. Okay? It doesn't mean that at all. But we And, and yes, the word of God, this is a hard book. There, but people right now, as, as far as the, as the debates that are coming out there, people are so wanting to try to denigrate. And then we've got Hollywood helping that out too. With things like the Da Vinci Code and the lost tomb of Jesus. They're disputing the divinity of Jesus Christ. They're even questioning if he ever came here. Oh yeah, we just divide time. We just divide time by, by Jesus Christ. That's all. That's just one of the many. There's, there's thousands of witnesses of him. We have the biblical accounts. We also have other extra biblical accounts. I have a whole attachment on that I send people. And on the probability of all the scriptures that he fulfilled. There's not enough atoms in the universe. None of atoms in the universe. That everything that he fulfilled in his lifetime could have happened by chance. How's that for you as far as odds go? Yeah, I, I, if you want it, I'll, I'll send it to you. You can just email me, I'll send it to you. It's called the Law of Probability. But Jesus Christ is being attacked in so many different ways. And his word is being attacked in so many different ways. This guy this week saying, oh no, everything Paul said, he's just a... Uh, He's no good. He's a devil. You know, I really rebuke the guy sharply because we're supposed to when it comes to that type of thing. The Bible talks about wherefore rebuke such an one sharply that they may be found sound in the faith. And you name them by names. You name them by names. Well, where does it say that? Romans 16, verse 17 and 18. Now I beseech you therefore, brethren, mark them which cause division and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you have learned and avoid them. We're supposed to mark them. That are putting forth tenets contrary to the doctrine which we have learned, which is the Bible. They serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, their own flesh. And by good words and fair speeches, deceive the hearts of the simple. That's what they do. The Bible talks about it in Jude 1. Certain men crept in unawares, men of old, that were preordained to this condemnation. It says they're preordained. Vessels of wrath fitted for God's destruction. I'm not a Calvinist, okay? I'm just telling you what the Bible says. 
The wicked go astray from the womb. They speak lies as soon as they be born. I don't really understand that. God does. It's his rule book. It's not mine. These people are preordained, though. Many of them. Now, does that mean we do nothing in regard to witnessing and, and, and we don't ever try to get help anybody? Get, no, that, that's, that's God's business to sort out. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. I, I guess I'm so upset about this because I'm really seeing how little time is left. I really am. Um... I just don't think there's a lot of list. I, I don't know how many more weeks I'm going to be able to be up. Maybe, maybe, like I said, maybe it's a year or two. I don't know. I'm just saying, hope for the best, prepare for the worst. And if this devil does what he says he's going to do when he gets in office, free speech is going to be gone. Uh, the Reverend Sharon, so this is a woman reverend. Women never, ever, ever have a right to be a pastor or a bishop or a deacon. Biblical qualifications, the husband of one wife. It's such a foregone conclusion in the Bible that they don't even mention the fact that a woman would try to be in the pulpit teaching a man. I'm not being chauvinistic. I'm being biblical. I've done a whole teaching on this. Just key in woman on my keyword search. And I'm just going to give you Bible. So if it upsets you, then you have a problem with the word of God, not with me. I'm not trying to be chauvinistic. The Reverend Sharon E. Watkins, who leads the liberal-leaning Christian church, Disciples of Christ, was tapped to give the sermon in the National Prayer Service at Washington, D.C. So we're going to have this Reverend woman lady Give the sermon at the National Prayer Service at the Washington National Cathedral, which concludes the inaugural ceremonies. The first woman to lead that service ever. Um, and also, the gay bishop definitely doesn't plan to use the Bible at the inaugural event. We're going to talk more about that in a little bit. Here's another report from Associated Press, Concord, New Hampshire. The first openly gay... Episcopal Bishop will offer prayer at the Lincoln Memorial at an inaugural event for President-elect Barack Obama. The selection of the New Hampshire Episcopal Bishop, Vicki Jean Robinson, for Sunday's events follow weeks of criticism from homosexual rights groups over Obama's decision to have Rick Warren, Council of Foreign Relations member, and one of the chief Pied Pipers of probably the coming Antichrist and the One World Religious System, his five-point peace plan absolutely totally lines up with Matreya's plans, who is, UN, who, who is the United Nations-sponsored. If he's not the Antichrist, the false pro he's going to play a big part in the end times. I've done tons of teachings on Matreya. You can look that up on my keyword search box. But they were mad. The homosexual right groups were, were, were so angry and were criticizing Obama because... He chose to have reverend, again reverend here. What an abomination. Rick Warren give the invocation at his January 20th inauguration. So see, there's different invocations. There's the one today that the gay bishop from the Episcopal Church is going to be doing. Then Rick Warren will be on the 20th. And then you have this other one mentioned of the Reverend Sharon. 
she'll be doing that, concluding the uh, national prayer service at Washington National So there's a lot of different. He got is he got as most the most ungodly people he could possibly get in pseudo Christianity. Okay. To 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 give these invocations. I think the only thing they're invoking are demons and devils. So, but they were up in arms because Brock had the audacity to um, to bring in Rick Warren. Warren backed the ban on same-sex marriage that passed in his home state of California on the November ballot. Oh yeah, well, that doesn't really mean a whole lot. Sorry, you know he's he's absolutely totally in league with them. Uh, he's in league with so many things that are that are coming in the coming one world government, and uh, if he does th- little things like that to appease some of the more conservative Christians at different times, trust me, the true colors will come out, and there'll come a day where they're all hand in hand, and it's, we're just about there right now anyway, all on the same page together. Robinson said last month that the choice of Rick Warren was like a slap in the face. Now, this is the openly gay, gay bishop, Robinson, Vicky. So, Vicky was mad. Yeah. So, he was mad about this. Evidently, Rick Warren wasn't liberal enough to suit the sodomites, is what they're saying. He's not liberal enough. You know, the Bible says, as it was in the days of Lot... So shall it be in the days of the coming of Samaria. It also says as in the, what was in the days of Noah. Now you hear me quote that a lot. But he also says as it was in the days of Lot. What was going on in Lot's day? Sodom and Gomorrah. In the days of Noah there was only evil continually in their mind. I know I talk a lot about you know the giants and, and, and these types of things. But there's also a lot of other earmarks that we can totally see are going and happening right now. It's obvious. So yeah, it was it was like a slap in the face having Rick Warren. <laughs> in an interview with the Concord Monitor, he said he doesn't believe Obama, Obama, now this is the gay bishop, he doesn't believe that Obama invited him in response to Warren's criticism, but said his inclusion won't go unnoticed by the homosexual community. Oh good, we, we just got to appease those sodomites. Do you realize if you, if you give the devil an inch, he'll take a mile? They're never, they're just like Muslims in that regard. There's nothing you're going to ever do to appease a Muslim but total eradication of the Jews and then total eradication of all the other infidels that don't believe in Allah. Now, I really believe they're all going to get on the same page and, and the Muslims are going to, they're, they're going to, they're going to make concessions when all the lying signs and wonders and miracles come. They're already demonically deceived as it is, just like all these other people and all these other religions. They're all going to get on the same page. But I'm talking about if, the Muslims were allowed to play out to their logical conclusion without the Antichrist coming, without the one world religious system. That is their only, that's the only thing they want. They want destruction. The Sodomites are no different. There's no way you, you're ever going to be able to appease anyone demon possessed. Now, that's true in life. Have you ever been around somebody that's just totally demonically possessed to the toenails? It doesn't matter what you do with them. They're never, ever, ever going to be happy. It's never enough. 
Now I'm talking about a group of individuals who are the most demonically possessed on the planet, as far as I'm concerned. These transgendered, homosexual, bisexual sodomites. There's nothing you could ever do that will fully appease them. They're always going to want more. Then he goes on to say, Vicky, it's important for any minority to see themselves represented in some way. Minority. They're just a minority. The poor sodomite homosexuals. Robinson told the newspaper for a story in Monday's editions. Then he goes on to say, whether it be a racial minority or an ethnic minority, or in our case, a sexual minority, just seeing someone like you up front matters. Now, this is the big thing the homosexuals try to shove down everyone's throats. See, this is just something that we have no control over. We can't help that we're wicked, perverted, disgusting homosexual sodomites that, that burn after men burning after men and women after women. We can't help that, no. We have no choice because we were born that way. You may have been born with a lot of demonic baggage. I'll give you that. You may have had gener- uh, uh, generational curses. The sins of the forefather are, are carried to the third and fourth generation. You may have been abu- sexually abused early at a very young age. That is very sad because, yes, that's true. They didn't have control over that aspect of it. Okay, I'll give them that. But let's at least be honest where this originates from. It's a spiritual problem. It is a demonic spiritual problem that either was passed on through generational curses or it's almost, if, you, if they've, done, they've done interviews of, of gays and a gigantically high percentage of them were sexually abused at a very young age by a same-sex partner. Now, that is one of the best ways you could ever possibly implant demons in someone. Just talk to somebody in high-level occult, like Aleister Crowley who used to brag about all the little boys he would sodomize and then kill them. But the maximum way, if you want to demonically possess somebody at a very early age, they abuse, they sexually abuse these kids, sometimes from when they're a baby. It's so disgusting and so sick, you can't even conceive of it in your mind. The atrocities that go on behind closed doors. There's no way we could conceive it. There's a lot of things I don't even get into in these studies. That... that there's just so little known about it, but I've heard things, you know, like the child pornography industry and those types of things, and, 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 the, and the underground networks they have for that. You, you can't even conceive the suffering that, that these little um, precious children have to go through. You can't conceive it. There's no way. I, I don't want to go down that rabbit trail. I, I don't have that information in front of me, but it's just, it's, it's horrific, Okay. But the fact remains is that no matter what's happened to them, it's a spiritual issue. It is a demonic spiritual issue. We battle not against flesh and blood, but against princes, principalities, rulers of wickedness in high places, against powers, these types of things. And it is a spiritual battle. But the big difference in the aforementioned groups that they said, like racial minorities or ethnic minorities is that those are born, they truly are born that way. I mean, if you're born Chinese, you're Chinese. There's nothing you can do about it. Okay, there's, there's not, if you're born a woman, you're a woman. Unless you want to, you know, try to get a, it doesn't matter. In God's eyes, you're still what he, he created you to be. 
You may try to mess everything up. You may try to mess with the plumbing or whatever. It doesn't matter. You can do that all day long. But, but this is a sexual perverted choice they make. Homosexuality is a choice. Whereas the other groups that they mention that they so desperately want to be included in, like ethnic groups and racial groups and these types of things, they have no choice in that. If somebody's born black, they're born black. If somebody's born white, they're born white. But see, this gives them an excuse for their perverted, disgusting, and we're going to look a little, we're going to take a little glimpse of that today because there's a lot of that surrounding this inauguration. You may have already heard of this. Clark Stevens, a spokesman for inaugural committee, said Robinson was invited, this uh, gay bishop, he was invited because he had offered his advice to Obama during the campaign and because of his church work. That's, isn't that special? I mean, that, that is, that's a real hallmark moment there. Guy openly comes out, pro- proclaims himself to be openly gay, Episcopal bishop, leaves his wife and children, and that's what he did. And so evidently, that's to be commended in today's society. Calling evil good and good evil. That's to be rewarded. That's how sick this twisted country has become. I'm not blaming everybody. I'm not blaming my listeners. Okay. But it's the fact that this country revels in sin and glories in their shame. And that there's, there's going to be more people at this inauguration than there's ever been ever for any probably gathering. It's just incomprehensible to me how something so evil, and we're going to, again, we're going to be looking, this is just the tip of the iceberg I've just got into. How something so evil is called so good. How blind, how demonically blinded. How ripe for judgment that we are. How justified the Lord Jesus Christ is to judge us. And then judgment must begin at the house of the Lord. If, if the house of the Lord had been doing their jobs, we wouldn't be in this situation. Well, I know the Bible predicts it was going to happen. Doesn't mean God's still not furious over it. Yeah, it's going to happen. <clears throat> going further, said when asked whether Robinson was included to calm the Rick Warren complaints from all the other sodomites, He said Robinson is an important figure in the religious community. And we are excited that he will be involved. In other words, he didn't answer the question. Don't have enough backbone to answer it. See, the sodomites are getting restless. You know? just Again, they're just like the Muslims or the devil. You give them an inch, they're going to take a mile. See, if you give in to any cult, You're going to have to jump through bigger and bigger and bigger hoops in order to appease them. That's the way it goes. Robinson, who is 61 years old, said both Obama and Vice President-elect Joe Biden will attend the event. Sure, they want to to show the sodomites that they are 100% behind the homosexual community. They want to establish that right up front. And Obama is expected to speak. As for, or for himself, Robinson said he doesn't really know what he'll say yet. He knows he won't use the Bible, though. <laughs> yeah, I bet he's not. Of course not. Why would he want to use 
the very the, the the very book, the very word of God that would indict his very actions. Well, he's probably got the most perverted version available, like you know the inclusive version that refers to Jesus Christ as the one, you know something like that. Something you couldn't even get saved out of if you tried. Well, he's of his father, the devil, and of his works he will do. Pretty straightforward. Bishop Robinson said he has been reading inaugural prayers through history. Listen to this. And was horrified at how specifically and aggressively Christian they were. That's a quote. He was horrified over, quote horrified, over, quote, specifically and aggressively how Christian they were. These other inaugural prayers. He's, what, I mean, what an offense to him. The good homosexual bishop. Then he goes on to state, I am very clear that this will not be a Christian prayer. And I won't be quoting scripture. <laughs> See, that's why, how, how, you read this and it's like, how can you, it's like, um, how can you not almost ask for God to judge this country? I know I'm, I'm in here. And I don't particularly, and I think that's why the Bible talks about wherefore come out from among her and be not partakers of her plagues. If you're part of this system, you know, or this situation, if I was you, I'd come out from among them and be not partakers of her plagues. I get people email me all the time, but yes, I have no fellowship. I understand the Bible says, forsake not your fellowshipping of yourself one to another, not, not your assembling of yourself one to another. I understand it says that. But it also says, wherefore come out from among them and be not partakers of her plagues. If the church, which is in, I'm using America as an example, and I'm not saying we have a corner on the market here, but if it's been leavened, and a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump, and it's beyond leavened at this point. The compromise, it, it's, it's beyond leavened. Okay? The 501c3 corporation, known as the church in America, yoked up with the government and the IRS, reading perverted Bibles, bringing every worldly program they could possibly bring into the church, leavening it to the fullest extent. How could I, in good conscience, tell anyone, say, yes, for the fake of fellowship, just go back into that thing? I will not do that. I have to answer to God. I won't do it. I know there's a lot of preachers that do do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm sorry. If you have to purpose your, it, so, yourself in your heart, if you're the last person on the planet here that's saved, that's a born-again Christian, you're not going to give up on God. You are going to be an overcomer. He that endureth to the end, the same shall be saved. Well, hold on. I just thought you were saying you're saved by grace through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Yeah, I did say that. Overcoming is the evidence of salvation. Faith without works is dead. I will show you my faith by my works. But works are not what saves you. Works follow faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if you don't have any faith, you better get into the word of God, which is the King James Bible. That's how you build your faith. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. And once you're born again, and the Holy Spirit lives inside you, you will produce good fruit. If you're truly born again, 
the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, goodness, faith, temperance, these types of things. So being an overcomer, which I've done a whole study on, just key in overcoming or part of the word, is evidence of the faith. I don't sit here and worry about, oh, how am I going to do it? How am I going to do it if I'm faced with a guillotine or torture? We, I read that there was a thing in um, uh, Corey Ten Boom the other day. She wrote this thing back in the 70s. It was really appropriate to the time we're living in now. She was writing back then like <laughs> what we're facing now. And um, she said something to the effect where, where she asked her dad when, when he was young how she would have the strength to... Um, Lay down her life for Jesus Christ. No matter what, what, no matter what was coming away. And I know, listen, none of this is going to surprise the Lord. He, he created the universe. He created you. Nothing's going to surprise him. He knows our beginning and our end. And her dad said to her, he said, well, and this was back, I don't know, probably back in the 40s or 50s. He says, well, before you get on a train, do you pay the train three weeks ahead of time or do you pay the train right before you get on? Evidently, back then, you, you paid right before you got on the train. But she said, well, you pay right before you get on the train. And he said, that's much the same way when we're facing a trial, when we're facing something like, let's say, worst case scenario, death. Okay, That's much the same way that God will give you the strength right before whatever you're faced with, you need to go through. Now, you need to have the faith that he can do that. But there's nothing in and of yourself, apart from the Lord Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit, that you're going to be able to be enough of a man or a woman to get through it. I don't care how brave or courageous you think you are. And you have to, you have to acknowledge that. It has to be done through the Lord Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. It's the only way. And so it would be like, you know, if you were facing worst case scenario, be like getting on a train and paying that train right before you need to get on. Whatever you're going to need, right before whatever you're going to face, God is perfectly capable of supplying you. You need to get that into your head now. I'm not saying I have a corner on the market here either. I'm not saying I'm Mr. Holier Than Thou and I've been there, done. I haven't done any of it. I've been tested in a few ways, but as far as really being tried, I admit I haven't been. I, there's probably people listening to this that have been through thousands of times more worse than my life's ever been. And I praise the Lord Jesus Christ for you. I'm not, I don't feel as though I'm worthy to even tie your shoes. I don't. I haven't been through it. Now, that may be a whole different story two years from now. You know, I'm not, I'm not desiring that in the flesh, obviously not. I'm being realistic here today. I, I'm, I'm, this is brutal stuff, and um, this isn't just talking about the inauguration. This is about how is this going to impact us? How is this evil that's already here and that's coming, and they say they're going to, how is that going to impact us? What type of mindset do we need to have? That's what I'm trying to get us prepared for. As a watchman, I'm trying to do for you what I would want done to me. I'm trying to give you, impart that to you, and you, and you need to have this faith to believe this. And to put on the full armor of God, that you'd be able to withstand the wiles of the devil. And having done all, then stand. You stand. 
putting on the breastplate of righteousness, having your loins girt about with truth, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, putting on the helmet of salvation, and taking up the shield of faith, above all, taking up the shield of faith, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. The sword of the Spirit. Remember, the weapons of a warfare are not carnal, but mighty through the pulling down of strongholds. How did Jesus deal with the devil? He quoted scripture to him. How did Michael contend with Satan over the body of Moses, according to, I believe, the book of Jude? He didn't bring a railing accusation against Satan, like a lot of Pentecostals do. They go nutty. Oh, you stupid, dumb devil, you don't know. There's no biblical precedent for for doing that. I'm sorry, there's not. There's none. It said Michael, who was greater in power and strength, brought not a railing accusation against Satan, but he said, the Lord rebuke you. So here's, I'd say here's two great weapons. Quoting the word of God where it is appropriate. Remember, the Bible says, it's not my word like as a fire, saith the Lord, and like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces. That's what the Bible says. It's not my word like as a fire, saith the Lord, and like a hammer. That's the real power. Powerful, more powerful than any tank or, or, or any weapon that man could conceive. But you have to have the faith to believe that. So you have the word of God and the Lord Jesus Christ rebuke you. And the Bible also says, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony and they loved their not, lives not under the death. They didn't love their lives under the death. That wasn't even, I, you know, it was like, okay, I die, I die. But they overcame him, Satan, by the blood of the Lamb, by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ that justifies us, that sanctifies us, that cleanses us from our sin debt. And by their testimony. These are, these are our weapons. The full armor of God. Putting on the mind of Christ. Our Bible also talks about the armor of light. These are, these are things that, that, that we can do. Um, I have a, an attachment I can also send you that it's, talks about dealing with demonic entities. And it's just a word attachment that I have. Email me and I'll send it to you. Um, it's called Dealing with Demonic Entities. And it's just things you can do. Having the King James Bible playing in your house, at least one part of your house, 24-7 on repeat. Preferably the book of Revelations. I mean, I'm serious. This is, this is a war that, that in America we really haven't had to... We've, we've had it good for so long. Including myself. Okay? But those days, I truly believe, are coming to an end. And there's other ministries out there right now say, oh, no, nothing's going to happen until this or that. Well, you know, I hope you're right. I really do. I hope you're right. But I'll tell you what, if you can look at the handwriting on the wall, and that, and that phrase comes from the book of Daniel, where the handwriting appeared on the wall, that's where that expression comes from. There's so many expressions that we have today that all they come from the Bible. There's a whole book written on that. If, if you can believe, you know, the prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. I'm telling you, I'm foreseeing some evil here. And there's going to be a lot of people destroyed for lack of knowledge because they were never, ever, ever prepared in any way, shape, or form. They trusted in a man. They've brought a curse upon themselves. Cursed be the man that trusted the man. So if you trust in a man, you're under a curse right now. And don't, don't, don't marvel why your eyes are so blind to things. Because you put your trust in a man and not the word of God. This is, it's cause and effect, everything that I'm talking about today. 
If you just look at the Bible, it's it's all there. So, going further, I'm not even off the first page yet of this. <laughs> oh. So, if we go further, he was so horrified, this bishop, gay bishop, and was hopeful at, at the specificity and how aggressive the Christian uh, other, these uh, Christian other inauguration prayers were. Uh, and then he goes on to say, the texts that I hold as sacred are not sacred texts for all Americans. Oh, you bet, you bet they're not. And then he goes on to say, I want all the people to feel that in that this in their prayer. I want all people to feel that this is their prayer. So in other words, he wants to do this all-inclusive prayer. This, the motto, we are one, is what the motto of this inauguration. No, we're not one. I'm not one with any of this. I am not. I have come out from among them. And you shouldn't be either. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying that we don't ever interact with anybody because the Bible talks about in 1 Corinthians 5 that if you try to, to never deal with anybody in the world, you'd have to go to another planet, essentially. And then how would anybody ever get saved? I'm talking about yoking yourself up in union. Be not yoked together with unbelievers. For what communion have righteousness with unrighteousness? And Christ with Belial, which is the devil. 2 Corinthians 6.14 Robinson said he might address the prayer to the God of our many understandings, end of quote. The God of our many, it sounds like the Masonic prayer to the great God architect of the universe. These all-inclusive prayers that will never, ever, ever mention the name of Jesus Christ. Ever. They may mention some other pagan, some, some pagan deity, not other, but pagan deity, but they will never name the name of Jesus Christ because that's offensive to people. Why is it when people get like, when people get really mad, the most ungodly people, that if you bring up the name Jesus Christ to them, they get so offended, like my dad, for instance. And yet, when he gets more mad about it, it's always cussing with Jesus Christ. All of a sudden, what, do they find religion all of a sudden? What do you think in them is inspiring them to act that way? Could it be the demons that possess them? Man, that makes me mad when I hear that. And now I used to do it a long time ago when I was unsaved, but now it's offensive to me. Oh. And it doesn't because I think I'm so much better than anybody. I'm just telling you, Holy Spirit lives inside you, there's a change that happens. Okay? It's not about you. It's about the change that the Holy Spirit will will bring in you if you let him do that. If you know. So, yeah, he's going to pray to the, the God of our many understandings. Whatever that means. Oh. He said this is language that he learned from the 12-step program he used to attend for his alcohol addiction. Oh, but that, that didn't disqualify him from the pulpit, even though the Bible says that a, that a bishop or a pastor or a deacon, they, they must be sober and these types of things. They must rule their own house well. Well, he really ruled his own house well. He left his wife and his kids, and he became a gay male bishop. Came out of the closet. Yeah, he, he didn't disqualify himself from the pulpit, though. No, no. When he was an alcoholic, yeah, that didn't do it either. See, you understand that if people truly went by the biblical definition of what a pastor would be, I've done a whole teaching on this, biblical qualifications for a pastor, 
If they truly went by that, do you understand how many, whatever they call themselves, preachers, pastors, reverends, deacons, so many, do you understand how many people would have to step down from a biblical standpoint? The pulpits would be empty across America overnight. It would be it would be a mass exodus out of it. We can't have that. Oh, hey, they're doing such a great job now. I mean, you know, what difference does it make? Now, I'm not saying everybody. Okay, I'm not. I'm not putting everybody in that boat. I'm talking about the majority here. I'm talking. These men have been and women have been spiritually gelded because of the 501c3 for one label that they take. They yoke themselves up with the government. The government and the IRS give them their right to exist as a corporate entity in America, as a church. There's no biblical precedent for that. We're not supposed to yoke ourselves up together with unbelievers. And yes, we're supposed to obey the law of the land, but not when it contradicts the Bible. And that's a contradiction of the Bible. And whatever, think about this. If something creates you, then they have the right to uncreate you. They have the right to destroy you. If you let the government and the IRS create the very entity that you call yourself as a church, then they're your creator. They're your head. How could Jesus Christ be your head? I've done several teachings on this. Just key in 501. Keyword box on my homepage. I'm saying that's part. That's a big reason why we're in the shape we're in. And yes, the Bible predicted it was going to happen. But we're still called to be salt and light. Salt is a preservative to the environment around it. Are you trying to turn as many as you can to righteousness? The Bible talks about that in Daniel. Try to turn as many as you can to righteousness. Keep fighting. doesn't matter. doesn't matter what's going on. Just keep fighting. Are you trying to lead those around you to the Lord? Are you, are, I mean, give them, a, give them a chick track. Do something. I mean, whatever the Lord leads you to do is what I'm saying. We're all put on this planet for a reason. We're living in a time right now that really is a great honor. I understand, yes, it's wicked, but you understand how few people really know the truth and really want to move toward the truth? If you're, if you're in possession of the truth, consider yourself in a position of great honor because there's very few that are, particularly in America. So, yeah, he, uh, this guy, he, he's, uh, he's going to give this prayer to uh, the God of our many understandings. And then it goes on to say, he goes on to say, Well, that is a holy and a sacred text to me, this God of many understandings. It is not for many Americans, Robinson said. And then he says, I will be careful not to be especially Christian in my prayer. Oh, you know, God forbid he offend anyone. You know, this is... He don't care about. He doesn't care if he's offending me. He doesn't care if he's offending God. But oh, please don't offend the, the sodomites. Remember, the Bible says the fear of man bringeth a snare. He fears the sodomites in their reprisal much more than he fears God. He has no fear of God whatsoever. Well, to him, God is just the big guy in the sky, the God of love, the God of many understandings. Well, he's going to find out who God is the moment he steps into eternity. And the moment he steps into eternity, when he's plunging into hell, he's going to realize his life was a total lie. And how much blood is he going to have on his hands for taking other people to hell? Because of the example that he set. 
I mean, how, how much more serious can it get than that? Just eternity in hell and then the lake of fire? Is, is that serious enough for them? I wish these people would, could get a glimpse of hell. I really do. I wish God would hang them over hell for about an hour. Every one of them. We'd have mass conversion probably overnight. But they'd probably kill them, though. I mean, you, you, it'd have to be done in a spiritual way. You couldn't, you, in, the, in the body, I don't think you could take it. I think you'd die. You'd die of fear and fright. And then he goes on to say that this, this prayer that's especially not Christian to the God of many understandings, this is a prayer for the whole nation. No, it's not. Not for the remnant. Not for the remnant. It has nothing to do with me. And when he says that while that is a holy and a sacred text to me, meaning the God of our many understandings, I interject, yes. And the many other professing pagans, I'm sure, would, would agree with you on that. They know what he's talking about. This is pagan language he's using. This is New Age pagan language that he's in reference to. Let's read some verses. Titus 1, 15b-16 says, Unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure. Isn't that a great example of this? Uh, what could be more unpure and defiled than a sodomite preacher? What could be more an abomination? At least if you're a sodomite and you're living that lifestyle and you hate God, well, then at least you're honest about it. But no, no, no. He wants to cloak himself in priest garments. He, you talk about wanting to have your cake and eat it too. There was a guy, Oprah did an interview the other day with this long-haired, hippie, Rastafarian black guy and, and some other uh, priest guy, and one of uh, some Catholic guy, and that they came out flat out and said that being gay is a gift from God. A gift from God. You know what? Um, I happened to be there, and my mom was watching this because she loves Oprah. I can't. Ugh. My parents aren't saved, so pray for them if you would. And I said, yeah, mom, that's a real gift of God. The average lifespan being 40 years old. That's a real gift of God. That they, that they die so young of all their sexually communicable diseases and their lifestyle. Do you realize the Bible says that the wicked will not live out half their years? The Bible says that in Proverbs. It also says, whoso despiseth the word shall be destroyed. Well, isn't this Gene Vicky guy? Episcopal God. Isn't he despising the word of God? Isn't that clear he despises the word of God? Whoso despises the word shall be destroyed. Where does it say that? Proverbs 13, 13. The book of wisdom, Proverbs 13, the number of rebellion, 13, number of rebellion. Because there's no more higher, greater rebellion, I believe, in the Bible than despising the word of God. So it's, the, it's the ultimate form of rebellion. Rebellion is, as of, the, is of the sin of witchcraft. So, under the defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure. Nothing's pure to this guy. But even their mind and their conscience are defiled. Pretty good example here of what we're talking about. They profess that they know God, 
Oh, they can put on all the priestly garments they want. They profess they know God. But like the Pharisees and Sadducees, they are whitened sepulchers full of dead man's bones. They look great on the outside, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. They're hirelings. They're doing it for the money. They're doing it because they are of their father the devil and of his works they will do. They want to take as many people to hell with them as they can. They may not admit it. They may not even know it. Some of these may not even know it. They may, oh, I'm, I'm just a good person and I just think we should just let live and let live and these types of things. Do you realize that you're either living your life to help people to get to heaven or to help them get to hell? You're, you, you, there's no neutrality on that. All of us, me included, they profess that they know God, but in works they deny him. That's obvious to see. His works deny him. Actions speak louder than words. That's a true saying. Being abominable and disobedient unto every good work reprobate. Every good work is reprobate in God's eyes. It is a filthy rag. I don't care if they go out and do whatever. And that's that's a lot of times how they justify themselves. They go out and they go do all these supposed good works. I love it when they have the bikers for, like, the March of Dimes or whatever, or the bikers for, you know, the little kitties. One of the most wicked lifestyles on the planet, the Harley-Davidson crowd. It is, it is. That, that, that crowd, it breeds evil. I believe every bike that rolls out of Harley-Davidson is evil and wicked and cursed. I do, I believe it. I've seen the fruit, I'm sorry. What are their colors, black and orange, like Halloween? Look at what happens to somebody that gets a Harley or gets into that biker stuff. They get into all the stuff where they get into what they call swinging, where they trade partners. I've seen it over and over again. It ruins people. Evil communications corrupt good manners. You can't lay down with dogs and not get fleas. That was just a little segue there and that, but... And the pride, the pride those people have when they're on their big Harley hogs driving around. And you know how many Christians do that? Kenneth Copeland brags about it. I've seen him on his Harley. He goes to those biker rallies and all this stuff. Well, but they got bikers for Jesus. Oh, okay, so that's what we need to do. Jesus dressed up like all the, you know, all, all the, the sinners around him and he acted just like them so he could win them to the Lord. No, he didn't. He never participated in their sin. His very presence convicted them of their sin. He may have went to where they were, but he never participated in the sin. And do you realize what a big movement that is? Particularly in the Pentecostals. Hey man, I'm going to go out and I'm going to get my piercings. I got a friend, I don't even want to call him a friend anymore, but they came out of the Pentecostal church. He's got everything on his body pierced. Well, that, yeah, I got, I got to win him to the Lord. That Jay Baker guy, the son of Jim Baker, he's just like that. Got tattoos all over him. Calls himself the son of the preacher, man. Got all these piercings, all these tattoos. Acts like a total reprobate heathen. We're not supposed to do it that way. We're supposed to have godly standards. They're supposed to see something different in us. They're not supposed to look at us and see the same thing. Look it back in the mirror. That's a false conversion. Do you know how many false converts there are? Well, we're fixing to see real soon who's a real convert and who's not. And I'm talking myself included. I'm not holding myself to a higher accountability or a higher standard than I would hold any one of my listeners or anyone else out there. So when I preach this stuff, it's to myself as much as it is to anyone else. 2 Corinthians 
11, 13 through 15. For such are false apostles and deceitful workers. You think, you think this Bishop Vicky Jean guy would fall into that category? Yeah, just slightly, you know. <laughs> For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. That's what they want to try to appear as. Hide behind some denominational label. They're going straight to hell just like everyone else, except their hell is going to probably burn hotter because they did it in the name of God. And they took other people to hell with them. Because there may be people that look up to them and say, hey, well, he's a priest and he's this or he's that. If it's good enough for him, it's good enough for me. The Bible talks about not laying a stumbling block before your brother. If, is this not laying a stumbling block? This is something that we should be aware of. This is beyond a stumbling block. And then it goes on to say, And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his his ministers... See, Satan has his ministers. It's one of them. Just one of the many. One of the multitude. There's way more... See, understand this, too. There's way more ministers that clothe themselves in Christian garb there's way more satanic ministers. And I don't mean high priests of Satan. Like First Church of Satan with Anton LaVey. I'm talking about men that are behind the pulpit, or women, that call themselves Christians. You couldn't get saved in their church if you tried. It's all God's love, or whatever other denominational thing that they want to throw at you. There's no biblical preaching. There's no biblical, real biblical standards. It's tickling people's ears. You couldn't get saved in their church if you tried. They are ministers of Satan. Are they working for the Lord? Well, they thought they were. Does it matter? That doesn't matter. Did they, is what they're doing lining up with the word of God? If you continue in my word, the Bible talks about this. If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Are they disciples? Well, no, they probably, you know, they got ruined back in cemetery. I mean, seminary. They told them, well, there's a better rendering, and this is more accurate, and this is that, and the King James isn't really good, so you really don't have a reliable Bible you trust. Well, then, well, then anything goes. No wonder they get ruined right, right then, right off the bat, most of them. If they weren't already ruined before they went in, they were when they came out, most of them. Not everyone, but most of them. There's very few. It's seminaries that are any good teach you to go and get your 501c3. Make sure you get your preacher's license too because the state has to has to give you that ability to preach and then you got to get your state-sanctioned corporate church to preach in. Do you see a problem with this biblically just from a common sense standpoint? We can argue semantics all day long. I got a whole, I got a, it's like a 30 or 40 page packet proving this. It's called Satan's Master Plan to Destroy the Church. Email me and I'll send it to you. Satan's master plan to destroy the church. Or key in 501c3 and go to my, any of those, the sermons, and you'll see a PDF, a white PDF file. Click on it and you'll get the whole thing there. And I won't even have to email it to you. It's already up on the internet. In fact, that goes, that goes with almost every other sermon that I just mentioned. There's a PDF with most of these other sermons that I mentioned or a link that you can click into on that page where you can find out everything you need to. And you don't, you don't even have to email me. So it's no marvel for Satan himself to be transformed into an angel of light. 
Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed into ministers of righteousness. That's how they appear. All these people today giving these great invocation prayers, they look to maybe the world as ministers of righteousness. But that's just how, how blinded the world has become. They can't even distinguish between good and bad anymore. And then it says, whose end shall be according to their works. They weren't saved. They were never saved. They were trying to get to wherever they were trying to get, whether they call it heaven, nirvana, paradise, whatever, by their own good works. You think this Episcopal guy is saved, but yet he thinks he's going to heaven. He's sincere. Well, there is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. He's sincere, but he's sincerely going to hell. And his end is going to be according to his works. If he wants to get to wherever he wants to get, and it's going to be hell, but if he wants to get there through works, the Lord will... The Lord will let him get there by works. And he'll go to hell. Because you can't get to heaven by works. You're saved by grace through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Romans 9, um, 9 and 10. Romans 10, 9 and 10, I'm sorry. And you could go over salvation verse after salvation verse, and that's really not what this message was. I just don't have the time to get into all those, but if you have any questions regarding salvation, just email me, and I'll send you a, a, a Word document that'll walk you right through it. I'm getting bombarded right now with so many emails, it's so hard, and I apologize this week, I do need to make this announcement. I had a really rough week this week with my computer, and I finally upgraded to another one after eight years. And I thank you for, you know, the donations that had come in that really enabled me to do that. And um, uh, in doing so, I ended up losing about three weeks of work with all my emails. And I'm talking, anybody that subscribed to my email in the last three weeks, if you stop getting uh, my newsletters, and I have a free Christian and health-oriented newsletter list, you can subscribe, you email me, just tell me which ones you want to be on. I highly advise you do both. Because there's things that are coming regarding health and the spiritual issues that you need to be made aware of. Okay, But you just subscribe to everyone and you want. And um, I lost all my email contacts from the last... Anybody that's newly subscribed for the last three weeks. I'm, they're, out of the, they're out of my system. It's as though they were never in it. Uh, I lost all of my correspondence from the last three weeks. Plus, then I got hit with over a $2,000 car repair bill at the exact... Same time. So when it rains, it pours. <laughs> so anyway, I had kind of a rough week and trying to get that all back up online and, and, and moving again. So I apologize if, if you had emailed me. And uh, I know there were some emails that, that I had um, wanted to answer and they were gone. I didn't realize they would be gone, though, Okay, once I had to make this, this data transfer on my computer. So I apologize. Just re-email me and I'll, I'll get you back on there and uh, on the list or whatever questions you have. So, um, going further, it goes on to say, uh, oh, okay, we were reading the Bible verses here. Okay, Second Peter 2, 17-19 says, These are wells without water, clouds that are carried with a tempest, to whom the midst of darkness is reserved forever. For when they speak great swelling words of vanity, they allure through the lusts of the flesh. This is exactly what we're talking about here. 
Through much wantonness, those that are clean escape from those who live in error. This is why I say, no, don't go to a corrupt church if you know it to be that way. Because the Bible says those that are clean escape from those that live in error. Why? Because while they promise them liberty, these are what these preachers do. Oh, God's a God of love, this and that. You can be gay, you can do whatever you want. You can have that liberty to do that. While they promise them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption. This is what this, a great example is this bishop guy, or this Reverend Sharon, or Rick Warren. While they promise them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption. For whom a man is overcome, the same he has brought into bondage. If you go and you sit in one of these institutions, or you go and you listen to TV evangelism all day on the TV like Sky Angel or whatever, and you listen to this garbage that, that so much so comes out of these ministries, and a lot of times it's what it's also what they're not saying. Okay, You have all these unbiblical things going on. They don't take hardline stances on so many different biblical issues. If you let yourself sit under that ministry, you will be overcome by them and you will be brought into bondage. Guaranteed. You will not have the spiritual fortitude to resist it. If you openly embrace the arms of the devil, say, here I am, and then all of a sudden you're going to think, you know what? I thought this was really bad before, but I don't see anything wrong with it now. It's kind of, kind of, it's going to be kind of funny how blinded you become. You're being demonically blinded. Jeremiah 5, 26-31. For among my people are found wicked men. My people, he says, are found wicked men. They lay in wait. As he that setteth snares, they set a trap, they catch men. Catch them and take them to hell is what they're doing. Not only do they take their pocketbook, but they take them to hell too. And their families. For many times. As a cage is full of birds, so are their houses full of deceit. This is what God thinks about these types of people. Therefore, they become great and wax and rich. Don't, don't marvel when they, when they become great and wax rich like Benny Hinn or Rick Warren or any of these other guys. The Bible clearly predicted they were going to be. But that's verily, they have their reward. Their next reward's hell. They are wax and fat. They shine. Yea, they overpass the deeds of the wicked. They overpass the deeds of the wicked. Because in God's eyes, it's more abominable to call yourself a Christian and to act like a devil and to take people to hell than it is to be a sodomite. And to be wicked, but at least you're honest about it. I think it's more of an abomination in God's eyes. Then it says, they judge not the cause, the cause of the fatherless, yet they prosper. And the right of the needy do they not judge. Shall I not visit for these things, saith the Lord? Shall not my soul be avenged on such a nation as this? It's coming. And God is justified. A wonderful and horrible thing is committed in the land. The prophets prophesy falsely. Oh, you got all these prophets say, oh, it's just going to get better, better, better. Nothing's ever bad going to happen. And the priests bear rule by their means, not by the means of God, or not by the means of the word of God, by their own means. And my people love to have it so. And what will you do in the end thereof? My people love to have it so. I'm going to have to stop here and go to the next part. God bless you.